This is Bite Sized Blessings. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday, everyone. And welcome to episode two of Bite Sized Blessings. This is the podcast that offers you a 15 minute Bible based devotional designed to anchor your week and strengthen your Christian walk. You can find Bite Sized Blessings on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on TuneIn Radio, and on our YouTube channel. You can follow us on Twitter at Bite Sized Bless. You can follow me at Chuck Rocks, C H U K R O X X. I am your host, Charles Eaton, and welcome back. I have been um, overwhelmed, really overwhelmed, with the outpouring of support and encouragement that I've received from starting this podcast. I've gotten so many nice texts and comments and phone calls and uh, DMs and messages. The The response has just been absolutely affirming and encouraging. And, and you all have inspired me to continue to create uh, this podcast. So thank you for listening. Please, by all means, tell a friend, uh, like, comment, subscribe, leave a review. All of these things are helpful. All of that. Um and before we get to our text for today, I do want to say something about these strange times that we find ourselves living in due to the outbreak of COVID-19. In uh, some ways, it, it really feels surreal, dystopian even. I like walk around outside and I see everyone wearing a mask and most of my friends are not working and school is online and society is just completely upside down right now. And I don't want to be, this is my thing, I don't want to be so anxious to get through this time that I miss what God has to teach me in this time, right? I don't want to be so centered on visualizing a return to normalcy that I miss the lessons of the abnormal. See, I, I too yearn for how things used to be. I too yearn for a sense of the regular. I too long for the whole hum of the boring. But if I must go through these uncertain times, I dare not do so and learn nothing. For in these strange times, God can teach us about God's faithfulness. And in these strange times, God can teach us about God's providence. And in these strange times, God can teach us about God's mercy. Um, and that's, that's plenty. That's enough on Corona. Let's get to the text. I'm in my text now. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. We are going to be doing a little bit of reading today. Um, we are going to be reading Mark chapter 5 verses 1 through 20. And I am in the NRSV. And it reads as follows. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when he had stepped out of the boat, 
the boat. Immediately, a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him any more, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart, and the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now there on the hillside a great herd of swine was feeding, and the unclean spirits begged him, Send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank and were, and were drowned in the sea. The swine herds ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus, and they saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion, and they were afraid. Those who had seen what happened to the demoniac and to the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. As he was getting into the boat, the man, who had been possessed by demons, begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused and said to him, Go home to your friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. I love this story. I love this story. It's actually one of my favorite texts in the Bible. I have three points and then we're going to sign off. Here in the text, Jesus steps off the boat. And as soon as he does, he is met by a man. And this man is strong and troubled. And here's my first point. Watch this carefully. Watch the movement of Jesus. Jesus crosses the lake, heals this man. Then he crosses back over the lake. That's it. That's the whole first point. I'm going to say it again in case you missed it. Jesus was minding his own business on this side of the lake. He gets into a boat, crosses the lake, heals the man over here, then gets back into the boat and leaves. This is such an interesting thing, right? In a world of market efficiency, in a world of mass production, in a world of avoiding redundancy, Jesus changes his whole schedule right? He alters his entire itinerary for one person. We are currently dealing with a government run by Donald Trump 
that is actively questioning and considering how soon we can open up this economy. They are actively questioning and considering this with the full knowledge that opening up the economy will cause people to die. It is a political calculus designed to save money and lose lives. They are weighing the value of our seasoned saints against dollar signs, and they find the scale wanting, but not my Jesus. The scripture says that the good shepherd will leave the 99 to seek the one. I praise God for not considering the return on the investment. I thank God for not being numbers driven. Jesus didn't count the potential baptisms. Jesus didn't do a cost-benefit analysis. Jesus simply heard the suffering cries of a tormented soul, and he sailed across the lake. See, this is why I love Jesus. This is why I love God, because I know if he did it before, right, the songwriter says that he will do it again. The same God right now, the same God back then. If he did it for him, he'll do it for me. See, the man, the demoniac, he sees Jesus. He thinks it's his lucky day, right? He thinks he's hit the lottery. He can't believe his good fortune. But how many of us know that before we found God, before we looked for God, God was already looking for us. Before we thought to pray, God was already on the way. And that's why I like to thank God for being purpose when I perceive happenstance. I thank God for being intentional when I perceive chaos. Okay, that's it. I got to go. Point number two. Point number two. The man lives by himself right? He broke his own chains. He cuts himself with stones every night. The people feared him. And when Jesus sent the demons into the pigs, they killed them instantly. Ah, see, you missed it. You missed it. See, the demons, they isolated the man. They hurt the man. They tormented the man but they killed the pigs. See, this is why we can't judge anyone else's journey. This is why we can't call anybody else weak, for what could hurt one person could kill another. What would damage one person would destroy another. See, the town's folk, they saw the man and assumed he was lost. They saw his scars and assumed he was dangerous. They feared his strength. They bound him, but he broke free. They subdued him, but he shook them off. Where did he get this strength? They didn't understand that he fought for his life every 
day. They didn't understand that every night for him was a battleground and every morning for him a rallying cry. The powers arrayed against this man should have killed him. The powers arrayed against this man were desperate to end his life. And only Jesus validated his struggle. Only Jesus recognized his pain. See, friends, how many of us know that we will never truly recognize another person's pain? Some of us may have had well-meaning, well-intentioned people glance at our lives and tell us that, oh, you know, I, I know how you feel. Do you? Saints, these are dangerous words. And we must not use them lightly. Praise God, some of us do not look like what we've been through and what could have hurt you might have killed me. So I beg you, do not assume that those who do battle in the mind are weak. Do not assume that those who wage a war that we cannot see are frail. The demons hurt the man, but the demons killed the pigs. And here's my last point. I'm almost through. I'm at the end of the story now. The man has been healed. The pigs are dead. The townspeople are afraid. And watch what happens next, right? Watch what happens next. The man, flush with gratitude, asks to follow Jesus. Right, now stop right there. Think of what we know, right, about Jesus. Think of how we know Jesus operates. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Sell all that you have to the poor, then come and follow me. Here, this man has done what so many other people have refused to do. He is willing to leave everything behind, the caves that entombed him and the people that bound him. He offers to Jesus what Jesus had to beg of the rich man. He offers to Jesus what Jesus had to prove to the disciples. And Jesus says no. What? Jesus says, no, go home, return to your family. That's how you will serve. Friends, we must not fear a strange calling. We must not run from an unforeseen pathway. See, some of us have had expectations as to how our life is to proceed. Some of us have had assumptions as to what our future may look like. We see how God is moving in the lives of others. We see what God is doing in the ministry of our peers. And in blessed eagerness, we too uh, cry out, I would like to serve you that way too, God. Choose me for that path. But my prayer for us today in these strange times is that those of us who desire to serve the Lord can accept how the Lord wants to be served. My prayer for us today in these strange times is that we do not allow our enthusiastic expectations to rule over God's reality. Amen. Okay, here are a couple discussion questions to, you know, just simmer and meditate on. Um, 
first and be honest now have you ever looked at someone who was going through something and maybe they weren't handling it too well and have you ever judged them for not dealing with that burden as well as you thought they could if so, uh, I want you to really sit in the spirit of that comparison. Um, ask yourself, where did that come from? What was going on with you to make you think that you had the right to make that judgment? Second, when was the last time God surprised you with a strange calling? How did you respond? Did you roll with it? Did you fight it? Are you still fighting it? Let's pray. Lord, in these strange times, we are looking for peace. We are looking for sustenance. We are looking for stability. God, I ask that right now, you be for us what you were for so many of our ancestors. Lord, I ask that you be for us a balm in Gilead. That you be for us a shelter in a time of storm. That you be for us a rock in a weary land, our daily bread. Lord, I pray that you make us brave. Brave enough to follow you, though the calling be strange. Amen. Thank you all for listening. This has been episode two of Bite-Sized Blessing. Whoa.